Praise Him, praise Him. I'm going to talk us through the powerfulness of what we've just done tonight. I'm going to talk us through the powerfulness of what this really means to sing this song, which was birthed whilst a family's child was dying in the hospital. And this is what they sang. This is what was penned. This is where they saw their breakthrough. Yeah? It's powerful. It's a testimony in itself. This lady tonight's a testimony in herself. Her scan results were clear. Yeah? You were prayed for last Wednesday night. The following day, you had your scan. It wasn't by chance, Lorraine. You came to the house of life. Yeah? And your story is not completed yet, but it's being completed. Amen? God is doing it. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to show you tonight in the Word that which you already know, but which we easily forget. Have you heard what I've just said? Hi, Annie. Hi, Trevor. That which you already know, but you easily forget. I'm going to say it again, me included. What have I just said, Jen? You didn't hear me. That, what you already know, but you easily... Look, we've got to grasp something. We've got a real enemy. You're not convinced of that. I know it. The Word says it. I know it. When we're standing in faith for something, that's when you'll know you've got a real enemy, sister, isn't it? I want to tell you... We all want personal breakthrough, me included. But I forget, I forget the things that God has told me to do. And so do you. And so do you. But God wants us to remember tonight. And I want to tell you something. Sunday morning, I was up here on the platform and it was a powerful meeting. Who received something from the presence of God on Sunday morning? Yeah, yeah. It was amazing. The presence of God was here. But I didn't, hello. (laughs) He's broke his string. Oh, no. (laughs) And I, I knew I had received something by the Spirit of God. I would like to say I saw it, but I didn't see it. And I didn't fully understand what I felt, but I knew I was to pray in tongues. When you don't know what to do, pray in tongues. When you don't know what you're hearing, pray in tongues. When you don't know what you're seeing, pray in tongues. When you don't understand, but you know you've got to do something, pray in tongues. And so I started to do that in the meeting. And what I felt was a cloud. I didn't see it. But I felt there was a cloud over this place. But it it was a dark cloud. And that started to bother me. I don't like darkness. So I pray in tongues. Do you know that? Do you understand that? That praying in tongues is something from the Spirit of God that's in me that I don't understand and I don't know. But sometimes my life needs me to do that. Yeah? Sometimes in the place of prayer, I need to do that. 
because I don't understand and I don't know, but I know that the Spirit of God wants to bring breakthrough. So I pray in tongues. And I ain't got a clue what I'm saying. Sometimes the Spirit of God will give the interpretation, and I didn't receive any interpretation, but I just could feel the cloud. And then I started to watch, because you see, in the Spirit, we need to observe, both in our lives, yeah, and for one another. And leaders need to do that. And so, I started just waiting, but I didn't get anything. So, okay, there was a cloud. (laughs) But I saw what was happening in the house. And as, as the week went on, and as I started to prepare for tonight, God started to show me something. And I thought, yes, I can see it. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. And it's for our learning. And it's for our breakthrough. Who wants personal breakthroughs? Amen. We all want personal breakthroughs, don't we? And often, we can feel like we're living under a cloud a dark cloud, but we can't explain it. We're doing what we know to be right, yeah? We're walking in the things of God. We read his word, we pray, but it feels like there's something over us, sometimes in us, certainly around us. And then I started to remember Sunday morning, and I started to see something. I thought... There was a cloud over this place, and that cloud was an oppressive thing. Okay? And that's how I knew I had to pray. Because while everything's going on, sometimes God calls the prayers to pray. Yeah? Because it's... And this is what I think we don't recognize fully at times. That we fight not against flesh and blood. You know, we worry more about the relational things that we have in our lives. But actually the word says we don't fight against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers of darkness that invade into our lives. Yeah? And we don't understand it and we don't know. But what I started to realize, and as as I was looking at this in the week, that dark cloud was an oppressive thing. And it can come for many reasons, and, 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 and sometimes it can be something maybe that we have done, but sometimes there's no rhyme or reason. Yeah? And what I observed on Sunday morning happening was that people were breaking through. And I'd like to say, you know, it, it happens as we pray for people, but it, it, it's, it's not just that. I think, I think the praying for people is an encouragement to the person being prayed for. But there's got to be a breakthrough inside of me and inside of you. There's got to be a decision that if these guys have prayed over us, that we're going to do something, yeah, to actually respond to that prayer to the best of our ability. But actually, we're responding to God because they're God's vessels anyway, yeah? And what I saw was there was a rising up. And that rising up was coming. I saw it in Lorraine. And I can say that because she's here. I saw it in others. I saw breakthroughs starting to happen. And there was a rising up as people started a breakthrough, started a breakthrough in their spirit, 
there was a connection in the spirit of the person and God. Something changed. Something changed. Something was happening all around. It didn't happen to everybody. I'll be honest. I, I was able to see what, who it happened to and who it didn't happen to. But the connections were being made. Yeah? And heaven was coming to fight for you. Yeah? It's good. It's good. So, what does the Psalms teach? Well, the Psalms teach us. The, the Word teaches us the priority about worship and being in that place of praise. And I want us to fully get this tonight. Praise, yeah, doesn't please the flesh. You've got to get it, people. Our flesh hates it. You've got to get it. You've got to get it. You've got to understand it because it's an enemy. And our flesh is all the same. It might be outworked in different ways, the things of the flesh, but the flesh is the flesh and it's ugly and it stinks and it does not like to praise God. That isn't just me and it isn't just you, it's all of us. We've got to get that one. We've got to get it. So don't ever be surprised that when you're in the place of praise and worship, all of a sudden you think, oh, I don't like that song. Actually, I don't even like that person who's leading the meeting very much. And did I turn the oven off at home? Oh, and I forgot to record that program. I Your mind goes, doesn't it, at a tangent. Yeah? Yeah? Trying to distract us from the real thing. In any given, not just in here, but it can be at home. It can be anywhere. So, often, there's a dark cloud that's hovering over us. Because we, you and me, have got to find the place of breakthrough. And that isn't all God. I'd say that's 10% God in 90% me. Oh, that's a bit, isn't it? Who do you think you are? It's truth. It's truth. But we've got to get it. We've got to see it. We've got to believe it. We've got to know that we've got to deal with our flesh. Yeah? In the house of God and anywhere else. But it hates the things of God. But when I break through... Boy, do I know I'm strengthened. Hands up, those that were strengthened on Sunday. But whether you were prayed for or whether you weren't. Yeah? It's a place of strengthening. Yeah? The Psalms teach us that there is an outward sign of praise. All right, you can say, oh, you know, I don't like that stuff. It's fleshly. Yeah, of course it is. I mean, you can't dance unless you're in the flesh, can you? I mean, come on. But dancing and singing and praising and shouting and leaping and clapping are all things. What you've got to understand, people, is that sometimes, I'll talk about me, I've got to do that stuff to break through what I'm thinking and feeling in that moment, which is usually nothing like me wanting to praise the Lord. So I will do something. To break something in me first. That's my responsibility. That's your responsibility. 
Yeah? Bless the Lord, O oh my soul. David commanded his own soul to get in line. Yeah? Do you talk to yourself? It's okay if you do. I talk to me. For goodness sake, Wendy, get a grip. For goodness sake, Wendy, you know the truth. Start believing it. Start walking in it. Start declaring it, Wendy. It's important to learn to bring our bodies and souls into submission to the purposes of God. And to make sure that the intensity of our praise is equal in proportion to the size of the cloud that's hanging over us. That is good, Helen. It is really good. But if we've got a cloud, most times, or very often, that cloud, whether it's a circumstantial cloud, whatever it might be, is greater than the praise of God in our lives. Yeah? So we've got to contend for some stuff sometimes. Yeah? we got to decide. Uh, sometimes we'll know what that cloud is because we know about a circumstance. Other times we just feel blah. And we don't know why we feel blah. But we got to start to learn on our praise journey that our praises have got to equal be far above that which is coming against us. And we got to be saying and declaring. And sometimes that means that you've got to find a scripture that you can start declaring into your circumstances. Or you just got to start praying. Look, <laughs> God doesn't change. And whatever we think or feel, he's worthy of our praise. And if we start saying, do you know, I found... That when I stop saying, God help me, God help me through this, I need your strength, I need your help. And change my talking to God, you are awesome. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You are the Alpha and the Omega. You're the beginning and the end. You see, my focus becomes on God or not on me. But it takes sometimes one heck of a lot of effort. Because my flesh wants to stay on me and mine. And the difficulties, you don't know nothing like the difficulties. And so we go. But we've got to focus on the one who is worthy of our praise. And I want to say to you, when you do that, something always shifts. Not sometimes, always Every time we break through, it will shift. And our minds and emotions will come in line with what we start to declare. Think about it. Yeah. Our emotions and our minds will start to come in line with what we're declaring. So if we are declaring, oh, I got that wrong. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Oh, Lord. Lord, I'm just feeling rubbish. And, 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 and they've said that over my life now. The GP said, I've got this. Oh, God. You'll soon feel that cloud. And it'll soon cover you. 
your thinking, your being, everything. Yeah? Now, I'm not saying that in the place of praise that necessarily your circumstance and your situation will change, but something will shift. Yeah? Something will shift. Yeah? And it's on the way to make a change that could be an amazing change. That's why people get healed in the presence of God. And nobody has to touch them. Nobody has to go near. I've had healings in the presence of God. Nobody's prayed for me. But I've been healed. I've been set free. It's happened. Where do we expect it? We need to focus on God's greatness, people. In our lives. We need to focus on the God of the Bible and the God of the Word till we end up agreeing with our God. Because if you're not agreeing with God, then you're agreeing with the enemy. And no wonder there's a cloud. It's as easy as that. It's as simple as that. I agree with God's greatness, God's goodness, or I'm agreeing with what the enemy has to say. There's no middle ground And before long, the cloud is there. And I'm not breaking through and I'm coming into services and everybody around me is praising God and and the ministers are speaking words of life and words of truth to me, but it's not penetrating because the cloud's there. Because I am not dealing with the cloud for myself. And we can be prayed for and there's a place for the anointing and I believe there's the power of God to anoint. Seen it happen. Seen it happen again and again and again. But there's still a responsibility even after that in my life to walk in the anointing. Yeah. The only way to break an agreement with the enemy, and this is something else that the Lord showed me, is to repent. You see, we think repenting is just about if we've done something wrong. But sometimes repentance has to be for the things that we thought wrong. Where we've lined up with the enemy rather than lined up with what God has said about us. And sometimes we've got to repent for hearing the lie and believing the lie. And do you know what it says in the book of Acts? That once we've repented, when we've come truly before God and said, I'm sorry, God. I've allowed myself to take that road of thinking, to take that way of thinking, and it's not brought me life. When I've done that, and I've done that in sincerity of heart, times of refreshing will come. And that's what I started to see in this house Sunday morning. There were times of refreshing being released into people's lives. Yeah? There were times of refreshing that were were replacing the cloud. For whatever reason, that cloud was there. We've got to bring our whole being into agreement with the truth. We've got to give those acts of celebration to our God. Because he is worthy of celebration. Yeah? He is worthy. You see, he has loved and does love on us extravagantly in all abundance. No wonder I get a bit excited to praise God because something of his his extravagance touches my heart 
And I give back in that extravagance of that which he has given me. Worship is extravagant. Worship is love and it's kindness and it's goodness. And it's me delighting in my God. Yeah? He delights and rejoices over us. It says in Zephaniah, the mighty one will save. He will rejoice over you with gladness. He will quiet you in his love and rejoice over you with singing. Oh, no wonder we sing back to him. Yeah? No wonder we sing back to him. We've heard him singing over us and we sing back to him our praise and our adoration when we align ourselves with what he is doing by his spirit then there is a release of his nature into my heart and into my life and exp- and it expresses itself in the flesh yeah in my face yeah I look joyful because there's a, there's a scripture that says praise looks good on you. Yeah? You cannot truly be praising God and it not affect you. You cannot. And the first place is in your face. Yeah? Something shines from our faces. Tells us to rejoice always. And thanksgiving leads to rejoicing. And then we can count it all joy. It is supernatural. Yeah? It's not natural. It's not natural. But we've got to begin somewhere. And we begin with focusing on the greatness of who our God is. Because our praise will involve rejoicing. I want to tell you as well that I heard it said back along that, that, you know, we didn't have to do the sacrifices anymore. And we don't, do we? Not like the Old Testament where they had to sacrifice animals. But we still got to sacrifice. It will cost you and me. It says in Hebrews... That we are to bring a sacrifice of praise. And that root word is stemmed back to the Old Testament where they killed an animal. We have to kill our flesh. Yeah? We have to kill our flesh sometimes when we don't feel like it, when we don't want to. Praise should cost us something. True praise will cost us something. Sometimes you even have to force yourself to give those thanks, to give that praise when you are up against the hardest of times. You've got to say, I'm doing this anyway. Maybe with tears rolling down your face. Maybe through gritted teeth. We've got to offer to God those moments. 
those moments, you see, are not about my comfort, my pleasure, my wanting, my needs. Those moments have to become about me ministering to God from my place of pain. Because do you know what? That's what we do. We minister to God when we praise his name, when we bless him. That's our ministry to God. And that's nothing to do with circumstance. Sometimes praise requires faith. You see, we all want to have faith to believe for that prayer to be answered. But have you got enough faith to praise God when you come into a service and you are struggling because God hasn't answered your prayer or you've not seen him move? Have you got enough faith in that moment to say, God, it might be like this, but I am going to praise you with all my heart, with all my strength and with all my might because you are great. That's faith. And you're never going to have the faith to believe God to answer the big prayers unless, first of all, you can have the faith to say, in spite of whether you answer this prayer or whether you don't, I'm going to praise you for your greatness, not because of my need or because I want this answer, but because of you. The cloud lifts at that point. It goes. It's called faith. You see, it tells us in that same chapter of Ephesians that without faith, it's impossible to please God because faith itself is the more excellent sacrifice. Do you know that? That even to walk the journey of faith, we are sacrificing everything. When it is squeezing the very life out of us, that is a sacrifice as well. It requires faith to rejoice at all times. Yeah? That's faith. When it's the last thing you feel like doing, You need a little bit of faith to say, I'm going to bless you and I'm going to praise you anyway in my present circumstances. Right now, I'm going to praise you, God, in this awful, horrible, hateful place that I don't want to be in. I am going to praise you because you've given me the faith to believe that you're great, you're awesome, you're amazing, you are God, whether you answer my prayer or whether you don't. You see, praise demands, requires of us that we recognize the faithfulness and the greatness of our God. Yeah? He has to be our sole purpose. Only the rejoicing that agrees with God's perspective on your situation is the sacrifice of praise that pleases him. 
We've got to agree with God. Because if we're not, we're agreeing with an enemy who will bring a dark cloud into your life. Yeah? But I want to be transformed on the journey, on the faith journey. Sometimes we will rejoice with trembling when we don't feel full of faith. I want to commend Lorraine. She was so poorly on Sunday morning. How she got here, I do not know. I could see how nauseous she was. I could see how she was suffering. But she came because she knew that in this house there was life. And God rewarded her Sunday morning. Oh, that we had something that this woman has. And I'm not doing it to embarrass her, but she knows that what I'm saying is truth. If we could only have something of what's in there, I'm telling you, most of us probably would not have come into this house Sunday morning feeling the way that she did. But she came. As poorly as she was, she came because she knew God was greater. And she knew that coming into the house there would be a breakthrough for her, although I believe she put God even above her breakthrough because I know her. You see, there is absolutely no doubt about it that praise and thanksgiving will strengthen your heart more than anything else. Yeah? You want strength for the journey. And interestingly, that was a word on Sunday morning, which was another indicator to me of what people were in. There were people suffering with exhaustion and tiredness and needed strength. Yeah? And strength from the for the journey comes from God himself. From his greatness, from his power, from his very own self. But you see, we find when we come into the place, although we, you know, we need in that strength and we are needing that help, but we find in that place that we begin to minister to God. I'm beginning to see that in my life. That there comes a point in my saying to God, God, will you hear this prayer? Will you answer this prayer as I bring you this need? That all of a sudden it changes and I find myself ministering to God. But does God need ministering to, you say? Yes. Yes. We minister to him because you see, it's a relationship. And we come to the prayer meeting thinking about all of the things we're going to ask God. God comes to the prayer meeting thinking, yippee, they've actually come in on a Wednesday night when they could have been doing 110 other things, but they've come in to be with me. It blesses his heart. They've come to minister to me. They've come to see me. They've come to be together with their brothers and their sisters to know me. 
Because it's about relationship. And it's our primary purpose in worship that we minister to him. Yeah? That's our ministry. We are the sacrifice. And fire falls on sacrifice. And when we are the sacrifice, we cannot help but be changed. It takes the whole thing of singing a few songs at the beginning of a service out the window. And you'll stop. I'm not saying you are. Oh, I like that song, but I don't like that one so much. It takes all of that out. Because it isn't even about the songs. It's about the Savior. <laughs> the wonderful example, well, I'd use Lorraine as an example tonight. But we've got an example in the Bible of the woman that ministered to Jesus with her alabaster box. Everything she owned was in that box. It was worth a year's worth of wages, it says. It was her financial security. We talked a bit about money on um, Sunday and the blessing. But I tell you what, this is something else. Everything she owned was in that box. And she came and she poured it at the feet of Jesus. That was her ministry to him. Every single bit that she owned. And what happened to her? She was ridiculed. She was laughed to scorn. She poured the entire contents of her life. That was the representation of that oil at Jesus' feet. She publicly displayed her affection. She wept all over him. She wiped her, her, she used her hair to wipe away the tears. She, she didn't care. It was extreme. It was in the flesh. Think about that saying. Couldn't have been any other way. Her extreme display of affection was for all to see. But she didn't care about the all. She cared about giving her life to Jesus. And so she cried, and it was probably ugly, snotty stuff that she cried all over her Lord. And even the disciples were embarrassed. Look, look, wise up people. Even people in church will be embarrassed. They're not your enemies, but they don't get the relationship. They're not your enemies. People will be embarrassed when you become a sacrifice. And Jesus responded. We've got to get in agreement with Jesus. Jesus responded to all of the murmurings, to all of the, the attacks, to all of the stuff. He said, she has given me exactly the kind of worship that I'm looking for. She's anointed me ready for my burial. She came into a room full of enemies where she knew she was hated. 
And she poured her life out and gave her all right down to her last little bit of money. <laughs> and the room was filled with the perfume. Not just the oil, but the perfume of her sacrifice. You know, when a room becomes filled with the perfume of sacrifice to Jesus, something changes in the atmosphere. He is the glory and the lifter of our heads. And there is a sweet aroma that can fill a house, that can fill a life, that can touch other people as we become that sacrifice. Above all else, above all our praying, we are responsible to him first. And when our focus is on him, that is the only time we have the strength to deny the enemy. When we're in that place before our God, and we can watch the enemy flee. I've seen him flee. I've seen him in my own life. I've seen him in services at times. I've seen him over other people's lives flee as something breaks. You see, praise brings a divine encounter. That's why that man could write, I'll raise a hallelujah in the presence of my enemies. He was bringing a sacrifice of praise while his son laid dying in the hospital. I'll raise a hallelujah with everything inside of me. I'll raise a hallelujah and I'll watch the darkness flee. Something changes when we become a sacrifice of praise. And you know what? We don't rebuke the enemy. God rebukes the enemy. We've got it so muddled and so wrong. We think we are the ones that do it. We don't do it. God himself does it. As we become that sacrifice of praise and worship. And I'm not just talking about singing songs. It could be praying at home. It could be crying out to God on your faith journey. You know those moments in your life, those that have experienced them. That is when God rebukes the enemy and says, Enough and no more, this is my child. When he sees that we're loving him, we're worshipping him, we're serving him above that which is present in our lives and in our circumstances. That's true worship. That's a sacrifice of praise. That's what will annoy those around you. That's what will offend people. And that's the place where you think it matters not. I'm going to worship you, God. I'm going to worship you. 
You see, on the faith journey, you've got to come to realize that it's nothing to do with your faith, but it's everything to do with your relationship with Jesus. And by his grace, he helps us to believe. And he helps our unbelief. And he helps us to deal with our doubts. And he helps us to see him. But it's a sacrifice of praise. Knowing that God is greater and knowing that he is able. He is worthy of our praise. When he becomes our focus and we are more interested in giving than we are in getting, everything changes. You see, on a faith journey, you've got to release your prayer request. And it says something like, whether you do it or whether you don't, you're my God. Whether I live or whether I die, you're my God. Whether you answer this prayer and I see it in my lifetime, or I don't. You are greater, and you are my God. And I will honor you and serve you. That's prayer. That's praise. You see, what God's after is our singleness of heart. That's what attracts God. We think it's our Bible reading, and that's important. We think it's our praying, and that's important. We think it's our singing of songs, and that's important. But in all of that, he looks for our singleness of heart that says, actually, God, I'm going to put you in the place that I know you belong, but I ain't so good at doing it. But I'm going to put you in that place. In my heart, you see, he's already king of kings. In, I can't make him king of kings and lord of lords. He already is. Yeah? He's already reigning in the heavens. He's already far above all principalities and powers. But I've got to, what's the song we're singing? I've got to make room for Jesus to do what he wants to do in my life. And it leaves no room for self-sufficiency. It is what the word says. I've got to lose my life to save it. I've got to lose it. I've got to count it as nothing. I've got to stop worrying about my comfort and what I want. And it's not about age. It's nothing to do with age. It's everything to do with what Jesus is longing to do in us and through us. <laughs> he is the greatest blessing in our lives. And we come into the prayer meeting with prayer requests and we ask God and we call on God's name and we've been, you know, we get prayer chains and we pray for people and we do all of those things because we know that God is good, that we know that God is great and we 100% believe that prayer changes everything. But I can guarantee you the thing that it changes most is me and you. When sometimes some of those prayer requests we get on the chain are so big, we can't grasp, we can't, 
We, we, we cannot manage. Sometimes I, I, I do doubt. I even think, God, how are you going to change and bring something into this situation? What are you? Because it has to be about him and his greatness and his power. And then something in that place of prayer rubs off, off on us and we see his joy. And it wells up within us and we can walk again and we can talk again. And then, and I'm amazed at this time and time and time again, that sometimes it's, it, we say it's not about feelings, but oh, we look for feelings. And, and if we don't feel something, we think God isn't there. Don't tell me you're any different than me because you're not. Because that's how it feels sometimes, doesn't it? God can't, you can't, I can't feel nothing. But then there comes a moment. And you just think, God, I know that you were there, and I know that you are there, and I know that you never leave me or forsake forsake me. And he brings a breakthrough. And you find yourself in a place that you're ministering ministering to others, and you think to yourself, I didn't even get it for myself, but now I've got something in here that I can... God's, God's forever moving in our hearts. We just don't see it. We just don't get it. He's answered that prayer you prayed the first time you prayed it. You just haven't seen the fullness of that answer yet, and you've got to walk the journey. But he heard you the first time. He's not deaf. He heard it. But then he watches, and then he waits, and then he sees how we are going to be on that journey. Because he longs. He is an extravagant God. He's extravagant beyond anything that we could imagine. That's why he let a woman with an alabaster box, extravagantly worship him in a place of such hostility. It was a picture of his extravagance to her, and she ministered to him. And when the two come together, yeah, something changes. That's what I saw Sunday morning. When the two came together, when God came And that person came, and they were on that same place of agreement, on that same playing field, something broke. I saw it happen in those that were being prayed for. I saw it happen. I saw it happen in Blesser, Celestine. When God touched her heart, she responded and she praised her God and she couldn't even put into words because she just spoke in another tongue. But there was a breakthrough because she was in the presence. It will look different on different people, but there's got to be a connection. And I want to say to you this morning, it's not this morning, tonight feels like this morning. I've obviously gone on that long. <laughs> I want to say to you tonight that if you are willing to be that sacrifice and minister to Jesus, and it's nothing to do with your circumstances or what you find yourself in. In fact, when you're in your weakest place and you call on his name, he will come and he will minister. I saw it. She was... She was a representation to us on Sunday morning, Lorraine, of what it meant to come and worship God, body, soul, and spirit. She dragged herself into the house, and I mean dragged herself. Not because she didn't want to be here. In her spirit, she was running to the house of God. 
that was body, soul, and spirit, came into... I wasn't in the least bit surprised that the Spirit of God touched her life because she came with a determination. She came determined to meet God ever before she got here. And sometimes that's the sacrifice we've got to give. Sometimes that's what we've got to be. That's what we've got to do. We've got to get out of our comfort zone. And sometimes we've got to drag ourselves in obedience to do that which God is asking us to do. And it may not be about coming into a meeting. It might be about going to witness or minister. You know, God might have said, go and tell somebody that, that. And we don't want to do it. But that's an act of worship. Do you know that? That's just, you know, some people say to me, oh, I don't know what God's will for my life is. I don't know what my... Just Worship him, minister to him. He'll show you quick enough who to speak to, who to minister to, who to pray for, how to be. But I guarantee it will always take us out of our comfort zone. It will always come at an inconvenient moment when I'd much rather have a lay-in or put me feet up or watch that TV program. It will take us out of our comfort zone, but that's part of the sacrifice. So don't be, don't be thinking that the days of sacrifice are over. The New Testament tells us that we still got to be killing our flesh. Because our flesh is ugly in all of us. Yeah? And it's an enemy to God. But when we do, something changes. I want us to sing that song again. I'll raise a hallelujah. If you've come in tonight and you've got a cloud over your life and over any circumstance or situation, then I, I want you to say to God, God, I want... I don't know what you're going to say to God. You've got to say what you've got to say. I don't want to tell you what to say. But I've given you enough to know what the Word says. If your heart is breaking for somebody else, yeah? Then be... Be that sacrifice tonight, just not for you, but for that person that says, God, I know, I know you've saved me. I know you love me, and, and I want you to do it in them. Yeah? Maybe you're on a faith journey, and, and, and you're struggling at the moment on that faith journey. Then I want to encourage your heart tonight and say, come with thanks and praise to your God, because he understands you. He knows you. And he is, going to, he is going to minister to you as you minister to him. I love that example. I love that picture. That it's two-way. I love that. I love that it's two-way. That praise is not just me praising God. Not just me giving my testimonies. Not just me sharing. But it's a two-way thing. It's him ministering to me. And yes... He wants our ministry. The lady with the alabaster box showed it. He said, you know, God blessed her. Jesus, he said, Jesus blessed her. She got it right, he said. She's got it exactly right. She's got what it is, what it means. She truly has given her all to me. She's given me everything. Her last penny. 
You know, I'm talking about days when giving your last penny didn't mean that you could go and borrow some money from here or get some funding there or get some food from the food bank. I'm talking days when you, you know, that was, that was it. She gave her all, literally. We don't know how lucky we are today. We really don't. But she gave everything. And you see, I guarantee tonight that as you give your all, as you give everything, your brokenness, your desires, your dreams, when everything, is brought before Jesus. He ministers to you and you minister to him. And he loves that. He loves it. We give you thanks tonight, Lord. We want to be a people of breakthroughs for ourselves and for those, Lord God, you've called us to. Thank you for your abundance and your extravagance in our lives. (laughs) Thank you, Lord, that even when we think it's over, you say, I've not finished yet. Thank you, Lord, that in our tears, in our frustrations, in our hopelessness, in our unbelief, you you come and you bring us to a place where we can see you again in all your goodness, in all your beauty, in all your glory. (laughs) Thank you for the power of your word. Thank you for your beautiful name. Thank you that you are so faithful. Father, tonight in this room, I just pray you would speak to our hearts. You would show us what we need to be shown in this present moment. In this time, and, 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 and you will help us, Lord, to respond to you in the way that we need to respond. If, if we've got to say we're sorry for believing lies, then we'll say it. If we need to act in obedience, where we haven't been obedient, then we'll obey you, Lord. We submit our lives afresh to you tonight. Forever grateful, thankful, and we make room for you, Lord to do whatever you want to. Jesus. We pray for those not in the house tonight. 
Lord, everybody that would come into this place, every, every person connected to here. Father, we pray for them as well, that they will, they will know your presence. They will know your power. They will know how extravagantly they are loved. <laughs> Praise you, Jesus. You're faithful. And you've made promises. And as we're being reminded of those promises tonight, Lord, I pray there would be a release tonight into every heart. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit, come. Holy Spirit. Bringing strength. Yeah, even the courage to hope again. Stirring faith. Releasing praise and releasing worship in a new way. Helping us to understand the concept of not just you ministering to us, but us ministering to you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, that you delight in your children. And even now you're singing over us, rejoicing over our lives. Hallelujah. <laughs> we want to respond to that tonight. We want to respond to you, thanking you that you rejoice over us. Look, I'm going to say something now because I've got a sense in to say this in the spirit. If anything that I've brought tonight is, is, is making you feel condemned in any way, then instantly that's a lie from the enemy. Do you get what I'm saying? How we can sit in the house of God, hear a word of truth, hear a word from God, whether that be a sermon, whether that be in an atmosphere like tonight, and we can start to feel condemned. Jesus does not condemn you. That is a lie from the, from the enemy and it needs to be dealt with there and then in that moment. And says, I refuse that lie because I know you love me extravagantly and I know that you're rejoicing over me and I know that you're singing over me and I know that you love me. Now, I acknowledge, Lord, that, that I might not have obeyed you in that area. Then just say, Lord, I'm sorry I didn't do that. Let him release you. Let it be two-way. But don't sit in condemnation because do you know what will happen? You'll leave here feeling like that. And then it doesn't get better because you just pile on top of that. Then pile on top of that. Pile on top of that. And then there's a cloud. And it's oppressive. Yeah? And it weighs you down. And it becomes greater and bigger than that which is in your life at this moment. Yeah? In a circumstance and in a situation, we need to be as free as we can be. By the Spirit of God. Amen? Because He changes things and He breaks things. 
He enables us to overcome. He enables us to bear the pain. And sometimes that might be bodily pain. It might be the pain of something that we're, we're worried about, concerned about. But we're able to bear it when he ministers to me and I minister to him. So please, people, do not let lies keep you from what God is wanting to bring to you in your life this night. Fill your heart and your mind. Think in those things that are good, it says, and true and lovely. Think about me and you'll be fine. Lovely <laughs> and of good report. Yeah? I want to say to you, there is a discipline in there. There's even a discipline in praise and worship. Yeah? Yeah? And that's sometimes what we shy away from. But there's a discipline. It's not always automatic. The walk of faith is not always automatic. It's a discipline. It's a preparation. It's a preparing. It's keeping on doing the right things even when I don't feel like doing what's right. Yeah? And I want to tell you, sometimes, lots of times, I don't feel like doing what's right. But I know what's right. Yeah? And that's when it becomes a wrong. When you know you should be doing what's right and you're not doing what's right. And then you wonder why there's a cloud. But you've got to break through it. And sometimes it's simply saying, God, I'm sorry, I need to do what's right. And the cloud shifts and it lifts because I'm coming into agreement with God. Can you say to me tonight, I'm going to agree with God. Right, can you say it this time and be convinced? I'm going to agree with God. Yeah? Amen. And I'm going to see a breakthrough. Yeah? I'm going to see a breakthrough. Let's stand and sing this song again. And think about the words as you sing them. If you don't want to stand, you, can, you don't have to. I'm not going to make you stand. But if you're able and you want to, then just give your praise to God.